Support for Class Dismissed comes from School Status. School Status helps educators at every level take control of student data for increased outcomes and meaningful stakeholder engagement. Find out more at schoolstatus.com. You are listening to Class Dismissed, episode 128, and I'm your host, Nick Ortigo. This week, how to make the Trump impeachment inquiry a teachable moment, and is everything we learned about Thanksgiving in school wrong? Stay with us. Dismissed is the podcast that inspires educators through story. Each week, we cover some of the hottest topics and news in the world of education. Plus, we hear from a guest with a bright idea for education that you can apply in your community. This week, we have an abbreviated Thanksgiving show. Hello, everybody. Nick Ortigo here, and I'm joined by my turkey-loving co-host, Christina Pollard. Christina, are you staying keto through the Thanksgiving meal. Are you still doing this? And I am I, still doing this. I am on the fence, to be honest. Right. There are a few things that I'm really looking forward to. However, I'm going to Jamaica next June. And I didn't start the keto lifestyle because of my trip to Jamaica. I truly did it for myself. I'm sleeping better. I feel like I'm breathing better. I just feel better. And the compliments, they just keep rolling in. Yeah. And now I have a reason to shop. My clothes are getting a little too big. There you go. But when I think about it, all this hard work, it's been two and a half months. Right. Not quite three full months yet. And I don't want to ruin all the progress that I've made. So it sounds like, yeah, you're definitely on the fence because, I, I mean, mean, you're talking about 20 something pounds yeah. from eating better. And right. I haven't even gone back to my, you know, CrossFit. So, so you could still have like, turkey and all that absolutely turkey, but like the dressing is well out, right funny i don't like dressing okay and my husband doesn't either so i never have to have that um but macaroni and cheese is a weakness uh, sweet potato pie major weakness um i make a really good mac and cheese sweet, but sweet potatoes are out i guess yeah it's like a straight carb yeah definitely. oh and all the sugar that goes in there yeah. oh my goodness yeah, yeah. but um my husband's uh, godmother makes a pound cake to die for. Oh, and man. so, yeah, so, we have this big Pollard Thanksgiving thing that we do in Atlanta. Right. And um, there's just so many good dishes. So we feeling like a cheat day? Is that what's going to happen? I, I, I'm nervous because I don't know which one is more important, my Thanksgiving meal or my Christmas meal. <laughs> oh, so you're only going to do one cheat day. That's One funny. cheat. All right. Too funny. Well, um, we're doing an abbreviated uh, episode. In other words, we're not going to do a, a bright idea this episode, but we do have a couple stories we want to touch on. And um, yours is somewhat timely. So go ahead and tell us what's going on in the teacher's lounge. In the teacher's lounge today, you know, we, we, we've hit a couple of times in a few episodes mm-hmm. about our political climate that we're living in right now. But I guess we never really thought how it can impact the classroom right. and what teachers have to go through or what type of decisions they have to make in order to answer questions about our curious youth. You know, some of the teenagers now, middle school and in high school, they want to understand the current impeachment process. Right. And that's kind of controversial. It goes back to teaching Darwinism. Do you just give the facts and then what are the facts? I mean, what's fake news? All of those things come up. And it's not just that it's controversial. It's 
it's confusing. Like when you, Very. And I think it's confusing even for the adults um, who maybe don't have a real understanding because most of us in our lifetime haven't seen this process. I mean, we did have Clinton, but then before that it was Nixon. But we didn't even have that type of information, the rollout, how the consistency and mm-hmm. how fast the information would get to you. Um, so you're right. And a lot of people think impeach- impeachment means, oh, he's gone tomorrow or he's out of there right. by the end of the year. And absolutely not. And of course, you can be impeached by one body and, and not, not the, the other. other. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and really, so I think to even for students, they may hear because let, let's let's be honest, it looks like the House is going to impeach the president. Um, so to students, they're probably like, well, so we who's the president? And it's like, no, no, no. It's no. so like they don't even understand that. And like, young people want to know because they have the information's at their fingertips. And, you know, they're on Twitter. That's where a lot of our news information is 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 transferred. But, you know, it's on the news. And then you have to think about which news networks are, you know, biased. If you really pay attention, you can kind of tell. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, teachers have to be very careful of not inserting their own opinions within the discussion. But I do think that it should be discussed in the classroom, but I think it needs to be an appropriate grade level. For example, high school, is they're almost old enough to vote. They need to understand the entire process and how public servants, what they truly should do for us and what they should not do according to the law. Um, with middle school, it's a little bit touchy because they're so impressionable and we don't know what their parents are teaching them at home. But you just said the magic word for me and you said the word process. And I think that's what we should teach. Process, process, process. Let's remove the, the people. That's right. And just talk about this is how it works. Like this is the Constitution. This is a, a tool that can, may or may not be used. And here's what authority and layout the They House need has. to understand what actions are impeachable right. to even understand why is this a discussion? Why is this a topic? And has been for the last two years or, you know why is it such a big deal now what has changed why is there an, an actual true impeachment process happening and what does that look like um and i think young people need to understand that and it looks different in both houses i mean you the yeah. house is more of um kind of setting these are the things we think the president should be impeached for and they'll you know i guess write up those articles and then it goes to the senate and i think the senate and i may be off on this which maybe i need to take a lesson but i think the senate just looks at what the house sent them and it's just these articles so my question is with the articles what are the facts and i think that in my opinion i think it truly needs to be proven um when you talk about what happened you know with our former president, it's a huge sex scandal, but what were the facts? We mm-hmm. saw news briefings that were pretty interesting when I remember, yeah. you know, back to looking at how it was presented on television, you could easily make a decision. Um, but at the same time, if you were stuck on believing the president, it didn't matter how it was presented on different talk shows and on um, the news networks. If you believed, you just believed. And so I think this is a good way to teach students about the importance of understanding the facts, truly looking for the evidence. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we need to teach our students about speaking openly about their opinions and how to respect one another with difference of opinion. So I think that there's some, some great things that we could cover, but to get into it in the classroom, you need to make sure it's aligned with the state standards. Agreed. Yeah. So, but, but there is lessons to be learned and that's really the takeaway here, right? Yes. Okay. Good stuff. Now I want to talk about Thanksgiving a little bit because I didn't learn this stuff until I was an adult and everything that we're about to talk about came from National Geographic, the New York Times, and the Washington Post. I'm always smiling because it's like, okay, what idea is he going to drop on me today? What article is he going to hit me with? And you're waiting on my opinion right there. Okay, well, we'll start with this. Like, what do you know 
or think. No, don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right. So Thanksgiving. I mean, I guess when when the way I knew know Thanksgiving is pilgrims and Indians got together and had a celebration over the harvest, right? Yes. What else? What else like comes to mind to you in terms of Thanksgiving? Like what happened? Um, well, it's, there's different stories and I don't necessarily want to share mine. Okay. Um, sometimes, well, I don't even know if it's about being wrong, but sometimes it's cultural inflections in what you believe about Thanksgiving and why a lot of people don't truly believe in the essence of Thanksgiving, but we celebrate it because it's about family and it's a special time to come together and fellowship. But going back to the historical facts. Right. And I feel like I don't understand how I was taught so incorrectly about the historical facts. Okay. So I'll throw some stuff at you. So you kind of like get on the same page with me here. All right. The idea that like pilgrims dressed in black and white and wore buckles on their shoes. True or false? I think it's false. Yeah, right. It's completely (laughs) false. Like apparently there were no buckles on their shoes. The women dressed in various colors. They wore reds and blues and and violets. And so like that's out the window, right? And then the idea that like Thanksgiving has been a regular thing that we've done yearly since 1620, 1621. I think it evolved later. It was much later. So like there was a a meal that apparently took place between this Indian tribe. And, and I apologize. I should have looked up the pronunciation, but I think it's Wapanog maybe. Okay. Um, so there was a, a meal that took place between the Indians and the settlers. But after that, like there was no more celebrations. In fact, there was a war between those same Indians and settlers. Not long. And what was the war about? Um, that I don't know. Do you know it was in retaliation for, I do have that actually. Wasn't it about their land? No, it says it was in retaliation for the murder of a man the settlers believed the Indians killed, and then they burned a nearby village. The land. Killing 500 men, women, and children. Yeah. So so it's like, you know, we kind of look at it as like and this happy thing. And it's a huge thing. miscommunication. And then, then Thanksgiving, the term, wasn't actually a thing until about 200 years later. It wasn't until the 1830s that the event was called the first Thanksgiving by New Englanders who right. looked, who looked back and thought it resembled the version of that ho- the holiday that mm-hmm. they they originally had. So they kind of um, gave it their own name, and then it wasn't officially like a federal thing until 1863. And why did it become a federal thing? This I did not know. Apparently, President Abraham Lincoln declared it as a kind of thank you for the Civil War victories in Vicksburg, Mississippi. That's in right. Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Yep. So you knew that. I knew that. So is that being taught? And like, is this stuff? It is not. It, like that's, I'd never heard any of this stuff. Until it's not I'm, in our textbooks. It, it's interesting that, you know, we, we just have kind of accepted the story and we run with it. Like you said, we make it about family. And it becomes and tradition. And, it's, and there's all positive stuff to come out of it. But I kind of want to know, like if I'm a kid, like let me know what, what really happened here. I think over the years, it also evolved from just having great fellowship and thinking of, you know, what, what all you're grateful for, but also um, how you're serving and giving back. So speaking of serving, let's talk about food, <laughs> um, serving food rather than serving uh, everyone else. But uh, you've got the food. What do you think was like the main course? Like, you know, we have turkey, right? Well, it wasn't turkey. So what do Way you- back then? Yeah. Oh, clearly some animal that they could quickly go and, you know, It was venison. Roast. Deer. Deer. So like, I guess if really you want to have a traditional Thanksgiving meal, we should probably have deer. Not happening in our house. You're not a deer fan, huh? I mean, I think it's keto. 
<laughs> you just can't do it, huh? <laughs> it's keto, but I'm not going to be able to. <laughs> I had never had um, deer sausages. Like, it's rather lean, actually, Yeah, depending nev- on how it's processed. I never had it till I moved down south. but And I've had it. It's good. I agree. You know, not it, until you, I moved down south. You do kind of eat it, and you're kind of like, this is weird. I'm eating deer. Right. Um, but apparently, it's still even a question whether a turkey was actually at that first meal back in the 1600s. I think it goes back to the storytelling because that's what really began to happen. Yeah. And, and it, it changed. And then the, have you ever heard of um, a president like pardoning a turkey? I've been wondering about that for a long time. Okay. Well, apparently the story is that Abraham Lincoln was the first to like pardon a turkey and then it became a tradition ever Why since for presidents do to do this. Well, well, we'll get there. Turns out the truth is um, the actual tradition of pardoning a turkey by a president wasn't started until my lifetime. It was George H.W. Bush. He was officially really? the first one to like pardon this this turkey in 1989. And, you know, it's funny how like our brains just assume that. You know, it's been is, going on forever. Right. And so uh, the reason you asked back to Abraham Lincoln, did he actually pardon a turkey and why? Well, he had a son who who begged him not to kill a turkey. And so he did actually pardon a turkey. However, it wasn't Thanksgiving. It was Christmas. So then why did George Bush? That I don't know. I mean, let me see if there's anything in here that offers any more. Was he just trying to extend um, the same graces that Abraham Lincoln did? Or I think, I think that was the story at the time. And each president after has just followed. Just kind of continued along with it year after year. So 89 and it's... I like the purpose, know. but it's a little weird. We pardon one at the White House and then in every other American household we're oh, yeah. cooking the turkey. Well, it's, it's kind of a joke almost <laughs> every year, but it also is just kind of this ceremonial uh, thing. So I don't know. I feel like we need to reset and... and uh, Speak real with the kids about Thanksgiving. Are they we too do. young to know the truth? I don't think they're too young, but there's just a lot of heavy facts that a lot of adults don't want to, uh, I don't know, believe themselves and explain. And, so, you know, culturally, and, it's shifted down based on how families feel. Do you have a lot that you're thankful for this year? I am. It's good. Um, turned 45 this year. Wow. And I am really grateful for life and health and my family. Yeah. Um, this is our 17th year of marriage. And, you know, a lot of people don't make it. It's not easy at all. Right. Um, it's it's a, a struggle all of the time, but love always wins. You're right. And, you know, it's as we start getting into our 40s and I'm I'm coming up in months, I'm there. And you do start to reflect on like it's fast. And especially when you have the kids, like both we, both of us have these kids who are, you know, in college and high school and stuff. In a blink of an eye, it just happens. But, you know, you're just thankful for, for their health and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, having a good family and so forth. So uh, there is definitely a lot to be thankful for this Thanksgiving. And, you know, I really want to say that I'm so grateful for all of our listeners, and we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. We love our listeners. And, you know, I am thankful just for this podcast because we've been doing this, or you've joined me recently, and, and this has been going on for uh, one, two Two years now, over two years, like wow, two years and a handful awesome. of months. And that's a lot in the podcast world because, you know, a lot of folks are like, I'm going to do a podcast. And really, we wouldn't be able to pull that off if it weren't for the support from School Status that allows exactly. us to, to do this on the regular. So uh, thanks to uh, all of our listeners and thanks to School Status. Thanks, School Status. Happy Thanksgiving. That's going to do it for this episode of Class Dismissed. If you want to send us an idea or comment, remember you can always email us at info at classdismissedpodcast.com or tweet us at classdismissed. 
We're here to support educators, but we need your support as well. So please subscribe to the show. And we'd also appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. On behalf of all the good people working at School Status and Christina, representing all those educators out there, thank you for listening. I'm Nick Ortigo, and I'll talk with you next week. Class dismissed. <laughs>